Hello, I'm Andrea Graham and welcome to Mumsy Thoughts, the podcast. Here to inform, inspire and transform the minds of mothers. And today, I'm in conversation with Alison Tipping and Rachel Carter as they share their story of love, support, sisterhood, strong friendship, motherhood, whilst raising two daughters of dual heritage. So, um, Alison, what do you enjoy doing? What do I enjoy doing? Yeah. This, sitting round chatting, drinking Prosecco and having strawberries. I mean, in the sun, what more is there in life? Definitely. <laughs> Actually, I forgot to tell you that this is right now, this is our backdrop. We are now <laughs> sitting in the lovely sunshine by the sea, actually, by the sea, about to have a great discussion. And we have got Prosecco and <laughs> strawberries have. and raspberries and the most two fabulous looking ladies with me in company. And Rachel, Rachel Carter, tell me, what do you enjoy? Um, I enjoy gardening. Yeah. I like walking by the sea. Actually, I don't do that very often, but I work pretty much full time. And I, yeah, so that's me. Wonderful. Okay, so the reason for my um, wanting to have a conversation with yourselves, we met at a particular venue, mm-hmm. went to an event, and was talking about dual heritage, and you have two beautiful daughters. And um, actually, I'm not going to tell the story about your story. So okay. I just want to focus on yourselves first, on Alison and Rachel, okay. um, as women, as mothers. And then I'm going to ask you to speak about, you know, how you raised your daughters who are of dual heritage. This podcast is about, you know, helping others to, you know, questions that may be asked or may not have been asked. We just may have the answers or even the encouragement um, for other mothers out there. So tell us a bit about your story, the Alison, the Alison and the... Uh, Very Rachel. different. Yeah, Rachel, you start. How did you, meet? You, you How did you meet, guys? Oh, how did we meet? Yeah, how did you meet? Oh, my goodness. Well, we met through my brother... Um, We were both living in London Mm. at the time. Kensal Rise. We were both single. I'm not sure you were. I'm never single. No, No. I'm sure I I can't remember, but anyway. And uh, we met through my brother. And and then my brother, unfortunately, um, died. And it was actually almost through his death that we met again, didn't we? Because he'd come to me a few a few days before he had his accident saying you know you really should go and see um rachel she only lives around the corner and we had been friends we we didn't fall out we just started our own lives and whatever and i said yes i've been meaning to i've been meaning to and then we met really at his his uh, funeral didn't yeah, we yeah which is a weird place to restart and that's that's 20 how many years ago 25 oh, is it like getting that, on for yes. 25 years yeah we actually apparently went to the same school um sorry went to the same college we were at plymouth polytechnic in the polytechnic days and you knew of me <laughs> but we actually well, she, never met there yeah, she had a reputation <laughs> <laughs> no it was okay. a very positive reputation <laughs> yeah, sure, definitely. so our lives have sort of in, we, yes. woven yeah. in and out and then yeah, um yeah. yeah and then i moved down here alison yeah. lived down on the coast first of all and then I moved down yeah. with my daughter but um, yeah so we've known each other a long time but yeah. I, st- I still remember the time you told me you were pregnant and it was in a hairdresser's I think you were having your hair done and I came in to talk to you in London I wasn't in a hairdresser's <laughs> Was I? Yeah, well, yeah she oh, was. Were. I? You said I've got some news for for you and at me, mm-hmm. and you said I'm I'm pregnant, and I just we just hugged, and um and I just remember because no, you had your hair in 
foils okay, or something. Okay. Yeah. Was that up at the sports place? Hanover around there. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, in London. Okay. And then, um, and I was, I was just, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't what I expected. Yeah. And I found myself to be pregnant. I was very, very happy to be pregnant, but yeah. the circumstances were challenging. Okay. And so I sort of knew early on that I was going to be on my own. And I think Alison and your then husband, do you remember coming round on a Sunday morning and getting into bed with me? Yeah, yeah. And just, we just yeah. comforting yeah. and just wow. sort of talking about it. Yeah. And just thinking, right, what does the future look like? Wow. And just planning and, well, not really planning, just coming to terms okay. with it. But it was, I was 36 and I was thinking, right, I want, really want to have a child. I'd always seen myself as a mother. Not necessarily in those circumstances, but it, it happened. And then very quickly turned it into, right, okay, I'm going to do this. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. So my circumstances were completely different from yours. Yeah, my circumstances of having a, a child was, I'd been married for about, gosh, seven years and suddenly realised, gosh, aren't you supposed to get pregnant at some stage? And realised mm. I couldn't. And so we went down the IVF route, and I think we did it. Uh, so she was the third go, um, and that was three years after your daughter was born. Two, what, two years. Two, two years. Okay. The, the yeah. Hopes. The, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah. So I was in a. I was in a. A, a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what? What really came across to me when I met you ladies a few yeah. weeks back was. It's, it's just a beautiful interweaving story of how you guys met, yeah. how you supported one another o over the years, and also, we'll get to this, but how your daughters also support one another mm. like sisters. Mm. I just mm. think it's so beautiful. Do you, do you know what yeah. I mean? So well, they call each other sisters, yeah. don't they? It yeah. confuses yeah, yeah. everybody, yes. but um, yeah, they do. It's, it's so beautiful, but we will get to your daughters down, down the road somewhere. Um, so tell me, so Rachel. Yes. Tell me about your mindset in relation to, so you had the support from Alison. What was the journey from, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm happy, but what does this really mean yeah. to acceptance? What would you say the journey was? Well, it was interesting. One of the big challenges was my parents, because I can remember ringing my parents and my mother and saying, and at that point she was um, a um, volunteer with Samaritans. And I said, can you put your Samaritan's hat on? <laughs> and I said, look, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And she went into, and, I, and she knew I was seeing somebody, but didn't really know much about my situation. And then she really found it difficult. And she rang me back and said, you know, how could you do this to us? And, um, and I can remember saying, look, I can just about cope with my own emotions, but I can't be responsible for yours. And um, it was that tipping point of going, okay, I am responsible. I'm an adult and I, this is my choice. And I am now going to be a mother. And to my mother's credit, she rang me the next day and said, right, I'm gonna help you, whatever you want, come and see me, but we don't need to talk about it. I will be there for you. So it, I came, became adult yeah. in about 48 hours. I've just, and, and so from that moment, and it was challenging and it was difficult um, because my daughter's father sort of dipped in, dipped out. And um, 
but I just you know I had very very strong friends around me mm-hmm. Alison being yeah. one of them yeah. and um, so the support I had and the um, determination and I had a good job so I was you know I, I was earning good money so money wasn't an issue but yeah. I then just had to come to terms with that I was going to do this on my own and very quickly moved to a place of thinking oh, okay I can do this and you know Alison you were really significant in that I was just saying right you know we're going to support mm. you and, and and at that point though there wasn't an issue about it was all about giving birth to a child and bringing that child up there, there wasn't an issue or was there an issue about the fact that she would be of dual heritage there wasn't that issue was there it was more a case of getting to terms with being a single person I, th- I, th- I think there was but I think with my parents right that parents generation mm. and my parents I would describe as quite liberal but they were sort of well what was society you know they, they couldn't society thing and what will people think and and so they was it was about, sorry to interrupt was this yeah. about what will people think about you being pregnant out of wedlock no, or was no. it what would people think about you having a dual heritage child which one yeah. or was it both together I think it was, was it? it wasn't pr- primarily about being pregnant okay. out of wedlock because I think even that term yeah. is weird isn't it, it? Is, yeah. it's not it, I mean we, life has like, moved yeah. on to such an extent but that generation they do mm. look at certain yeah. things mm. Mm. but I have to say and somebody said this to me as soon as your, your child is born all of that falls away yeah. So it, beca- it, it becomes about the child. Yeah. And my parents were, my mum died two years ago, but they're, and my dad continues to be, a fant- they're fantastic grandparents. Wonderful. But certainly, okay. um, and bear in mind, we were in Kensal Rice. It mm. was very, very mixed. Mm. You know, it's very, um, at school, my daughter felt the same as everybody else. I mean, it was very, um, it wasn't, mm. you didn't stand out. You know, it was sort of lots and lots of increasingly mixed-race children. Mm. And um, I can remember the doctor saying, the more that children look like your daughter, the world will be a happier place. Because nobody will know where anybody comes from. They won't judge and they will just... There's that sort of acceptance. Um, And, you know, Council Rise is very diverse isn't yeah, it yeah, I had neighbours yeah. from all you know neighbours from all over the place yeah and you know it was never an issue I think it's different when you move out of London okay but we can come on to that yeah but yeah. going going back to parents isn't it interesting um my mother I remember having a conversation with my mother which was even bizarre for me at that time I mean you know I'd been married for seven seven years to a Jamaican and um, very well accepted and didn't think, you know, we're all part of the family. And then when we talked about having children and things, my mother said, she she did, she said, oh, you know, so the... And my mother was very well read, wasn't she? She was an intelligent woman. She said, oh, so you'll have a a half-caste baby. Of course, we don't use that term anymore. And that was the only term I knew. So to me, that wasn't offended. I wasn't offended by that. But what was weird, she said, "But what's the baby going to look like?" Um, you know. And I said, "Mum, well, it's not going to have like a brown arm and a white arm and a whatever." Um, but it was interesting because she asked that question intelligently because yeah. she didn't know. We lived near. T- we lived in Tunbridge Wells. You know, yeah. we lived in. Uh, you know, in posh. And yeah, the, yeah. you know. 
when when my husband walked down the road, mm. there's uh, uh, cars would go past and they'd double up and go past again because they, you know, he was the only black mm. in the village. Yeah. Um, so so I didn't. I was taken slightly aback, but I also understood they didn't know. I said, "No, Mum, don't worry. I think it will just be a mixture. Who knows? The the child could be." white and have blonde hair it yeah. could be dark yeah. it could be a mixture of both you know and that was the only conversation we had um i think they worried about it more than me um yeah. because they knew nothing and they had no experience whereby i was living near rachel and kensal rise i was living with a black man and our friends there were a lot of mixed couples there with with children yeah it was so normal. Right. It was so normal right. for me. Okay. I, it wasn't even an issue. No. The issue was, this was an IVF baby, um, the issue was, would I get pregnant? And if I get pregnant, you know, um, is it going to be a test tube or a baby that comes out? You know, I mean, yeah. it was like that. And I had no question about how that baby how that baby would cope whether there was even an issue of coping okay. and yet my husband did my I husband okay. had a much stronger um, there was a fear there was a fear of how that child would be treated because he had been treated he'd lived in South London and he'd been treated by police stopping him and he, he, you know he, he was a black man yeah and so he still he, is Gosh, he is, isn't he? Yeah. He still is. Um, and I was living in Gargar land. I was, you know, I was, I was a white woman who thought, well, you know, everyone's going to love everybody, aren't they? Yeah. So, so I was sort of. Was I naive? Was I naive? It just wasn't an issue. Okay. Yeah, I, I, was I'm not sure it's naive. naive. I think it's, you know, you didn't see a no. problem. I, and I think this is the where we lived, the community that li we lived in, yeah, yeah. was very mixed and no, you know, you didn't have any sense of judgment. Yeah. yeah. I think and you're right, if I lived in near Tunbridge, if I'd lived at that time with my parents in Tunbridge Wells, yeah, yeah. Then, then I may have been questioning it. Well, yes. I can remember yes. when my, my daughter was born and I was with my parents and they'd moved, they were in, we lived, grew up in Croydon and they'd moved down to, um, West Sussex and I can remember a woman coming up to us and, and my daughter was really young like a couple of weeks and she yeah. went oh isn't she brown and we thought oh, I don't think we just left her out in the sun it was just this really weird thing okay, yeah, yeah. and that's what our children so fast forward having yeah. moved out of London and moved yeah. down here mm. That's what we have to remember. It was it changed for them yeah. okay. because they were no longer they became the same as everybody else. Right, maybe. Right. They so when you they, moved further out, further oh, out yeah. to the suburbs, mm. it changed because there was no. Well, not even the suburbs down onto the south of, coast. Yeah. it's a different, a whole different ball game. So tell me what the difference. What what was the difference that you noticed? Well, what Just my daughter noticed. Yeah, yeah, my daughter noticed that she didn't look like anybody else. Okay. And people would look at her hair and look at her skin, and she became self-conscious in okay. a way she had never before. Right. And she was eight. Okay. And so she'd her formative years, which I believe they are up until mm. you know seven, eight. You know, she hadn't had that experience because she looked like everybody else, or she. I mean, your daughter was younger. Yeah, but also you. you 
she didn't have cousins and she didn't didn't have the Jamaican side of the family represented in any way in her life, did she? Well, she she did. Who was a neighbour who who lived with us periodically? So there was a neighbour that lived with you. Well, she was. Yeah, she she was thirteen when was born, and she she. I suppose was like a foster daughter. Yeah, to me. she looked and she after li- her. Yeah, looked and she lived her with us yeah. quite a lot of the time. And I can remember saying to her that I was pregnant. And she said, "Oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll help you. I'll be there." So she did a hair. Yeah. She, <laughs> you know, because hair is a big <laughs> thing. Hair is one yeah. of the big things yeah. for yeah. girls. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and you know that sort of whole thing. Yeah. But taught my daughter how to manage her hair from two three four and to now you know yeah. and um so that was you know I, I that was one of those things that and she was brilliant and she she moved down with us here she now has two children she's very successful she's a hairdresser yeah she works in film and television Fantastic. and has two children mm-hmm. so that connection again, support. again yeah. it's yeah. a support, support. and 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 I don't think you can force it. It happens. People yeah. present themselves and things happen that yeah. you, you, you know, those influences. But if you were to ask my daughter now, she does recognise that at the age of eight, life changed. Okay, and what about yourself, Alison? When would you say that it came to light? Or was there a time, do you think? Do you know... It, or, unless, could it, or could it be because, because your daughter had her... Her dad's family around yes. her. Was it a bit different? You think for, for uh, your I, th- I think it was. Yes, I think it was. Well, her dad was around in a way, and all the influences of the the lifestyle and and everything was there. Um, she was aware and would see maybe yearly, twice yearly aunts and uncles, and would do family things together. So yes, so she was dipping in and out of if you like the the, the south london jamaican jamaican scene yeah she was so but she was aware, she, so she, she, she was, was aware pretty much around yeah. her culture yes yes yeah. and and we say her culture well, her funny enough her dad's culture because because but she fitted in she was just a, she was just she was just a, a slightly lighter lighter shade of brown but then even she? saying that even even, even even saying but she fitted in looking at that's her culture. I know. And they, I know. your culture is also her culture. Yes, yes. Join me next week as I continue in conversation with Rachel and Alison as they share in more depth about love, support, sisterhood, strong friendship, motherhood, whilst raising two children of dual heritage.